0: Hey, this is Zach Catanzaro. And I'm Walker Lukens. We're the hosts of Song Confessional, the only podcast where today's top songwriters turn your anonymous stories into original songs. This week, we've got a salacious tale of train platforms and anonymous hookups. Austin songstress Buffalo Hunt transforms the confession into a cinematic indie pop gem exploring the dark pleasures of our bad decisions. Listen to Song Confessional at KUTX.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello and welcome to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and give us a glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and we are taking a break from releasing new episodes until November 15th. Season three is gonna be lit. We're gonna feature folks like Jamila Woods and Angel Olsen. In the meantime, we are rerunning some of our favorite episodes, like this one with my friend, Vicki Howell. She is a force of nature and she just released her web series, The Knit Show with Vicki Howell. You should totally subscribe to it on YouTube because she's cool and crafty and empowering and like, you need this, okay? When I talked to her in April, she was in the middle of crowdfunding for this project. And now look, it's made. Let's celebrate. So here she is, Vicki Howell.
1: I grew up, I think maybe everybody feels this way, but I feel like I came up during a coming of age time that was pretty much the best. I'm sure there's people a generation older than me that would fight me tooth and nail for that. But I grew up in Southern California. I was a teenager in the late 80s, early 90s. So my very first concert was Depeche Mode, Music for the Masses the actual show at the Pasadena Rose Bowl that they recorded for the live one. Oh, that's right. When Blasphemous Rumors played, it started to thunder and lightning. So that kind of set the foundation. So, of course, there was the Smiths. So, like all the hairbands, I have to admit, I got, I got a little. I may or may not have stayed in a relationship just so I could go see um, Skid Row. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> So, yeah, I was really into all the alterna stuff but and really highly influenced by the SoCal um, punk scene. So, Pennywise.
0: Never get that feeling you can go on. Just remember deciding it that you're on. You've got friends with you till the end.
1: Social D. Take away, take away, take away this fallen chain. Bad Religion. the American You're making Jesus. He outfilled
0: the present and No doubt. You're heading into a completely new direction. And yes, I am having trouble making the adaptation.
1: Those, those all really sort of felt like my every, that, that was like my everyday peeps. I mean, not like we were hanging out, but that was just so ingrained in me. And I felt like that laid a foundation and the very zeitgeist of, how that music came up, which was very, this was pre-social media. So the people were like handing out cassettes and passing out flyers. And I feel like that's translated into my life as an independent contractor and as a designer and as a broadcaster now in the age of new media, because I know how to hustle. And I feel like I learned it from those musicians. Yeah. I
0: mean, so at that time, I mean, there was a lot of music happening, but you were attracted to this like alternative kind of music i mean do you can you identify why it was that music that you were into as opposed to like i mean because there was a lot of good hip-hop going on there was quite a bit of hair metal but i think we're going to focus more (laughs)
1: alternative and and it was actually bon jovi skid row just opened up for it but and i agree with your focus (laughs) i think that the punk rock um sort of message just resonated with me um That's really the only reason.
0: And it sounds like, too, I mean, the other side of it was people were doing things by themselves, making things happen Mm -hmm. and not waiting, you know, for like a huge record contract necessarily. Was the DIY scene, was that something that you got into at that age, too?
1: Um, I mean, DIY as far as being like poor and needing to make things (laughs) yourself, absolutely. I was mostly raised by a single mom, you know? I'm like one hundred percent like crafting and making things since I was old enough to hold a glue stick in my hand. You know? so absolutely in that sense, the my the beginning of my career life, I had like I had proper jobs. I got my first job in television at nineteen um, for this teenage oriented traveling talk show. It's a lot to say, and it's also one of the many reasons it didn't work out. Um, and so, there was a little hustle because you're still independent. I'm, and it was back in the day when you had to, like, you know, you had to fax your resume to Jodie Foster's, you know, film company or Chris Columbus's company, um, John Hughes' company. like. But it was a little bit more of a through line. It wasn't until... Um, The Internet started becoming a thing that I really, like, full-fledged made the connection of. And a lot of that had to do with when I moved to Austin and I hooked up with a group um, that no longer exists called the Austin Craft Mafia, where I really
0: got, like, oh, that's the connection. Was it, like, a a thing that you guys talked about? Like, hey, guys, let's, like, make our own space and do this ourselves. Or was it something that just kind of organically happened.
1: Well, I have to give props. So I had started an online business. And when I say business, like there are not a big enough quotation marks for me (laughs) to use around that because this is pre Etsy. This is pre blogs. Even Um, there were without exaggeration, there were only 10 craft websites on the interwebs. Um, And so it was it was a t- completely different world, and so I started one. I'd left the entertainment industry. I got laid off when I was pregnant with my first child, in the entertainment industry, if you're not willing to give birth on your lunch hour, they're not they're not interested. Um, anyway, you know, and so I started this just to feed my own creative soul, and that's how I hooked up with um, Jennifer Perkins. She was then of Naughty Secretary C- Club. Uh, Jenny Hart from Sublime Stitching. There's a whole list of, of you know amazing women. Tina Sparkles. Um, there were there were ten of us, and. Because some of the women in the group were actually musicians, I think they had it embedded. Um, Some of them had had zines growing up. So that was, a you know, I had my own thing, like, you know, my own scrappiness. And I think it was just one of those things where, you know, this collective came together and it just it just made sense to then it was sharing links and sticking stickers in each other's orders. But it just sort of made sense to, it's kind of like the, the stronger together mentality. Those same things that my friends that were struggling to be actors and wanted you to come to their play that nobody wanted to go to, or come to see, or the same four people that you want to come see your garage band, those same tactics work for any career. And now, we're doing the exact same thing, so those of us that grew up in that time have kind of a huge benefit. We just have to apply it to Instagram.
0: It's what you do within. It's what you when you find it a place where no one has been before. So you talked about this uh, this DIY spirit that you tapped into in those early days of Austin Craft Mafia. And now you're totally doing another like a huge DIY endeavor which is your kickstarter campaign for this knitting show that you want to produce.
1: Yeah, yeah. So back in the in the beginning days of Austin Craft Mafia and I had these businesses up. I had moved from LA like just kind of resigned like okay, I have kids now, I'm leaving the entertainment industry. We can have a better life in Austin for them. And I I had started a couple of stitch and bitch groups, one in Austin and one in in la and i a producer literally googled young hip knitter and found my business and she said to me do you dear sir sir or madam do you know anybody who'd be interested in hosting a knitting show for the DIY Network, and I about like fell off my own bare feet. Like it was crazy, and I just happened because I knew how to pitch myself from working in television for years before that, and and I just happened to have my very first project, which was a guitar strap um, design project, up on this website called Nitty. I could pitch myself, so. To make a very long story short, I got the gig as the host of a show for DIY Network and TV called Nitty Gritty, and um, it sort of reignited my career on broadcast, which was my true first love. Um, but supplemented by my second true love, which is crafting and, and knitting. Along the way, I'd learned how to knit, and I just it just felt like home to me. So years later, I you know I've worked on many many projects, and I still on a daily basis get people wanting that bit of community that came from that show but we're at a different place on broadcast now. We really are. Like, reality programming is what sells on the networks. And the live streaming, like, biggies, they want to win Golden Globe Awards and Oscars. So there's not necessarily a place for how-to niche programming. I want to do it. I want to DIY it. And I want to give the community what they want, you know? And so we've launched the Knit Show with Vicki Howell Kickstarter campaign. I teamed up with a local production company, Production Four, and we are uh, we're trying to do it our dang selves.
0: And how does it feel? I mean, are you using those same kind of, like, techniques that you saw bands use in Southern California that you used with Craft craft Mafia? So much. So much so.
1: Every time I'm like hyper focused, um, I'm trying to tackle different audiences in different ways. You know, I'm doing, I did the like legit video, but then we put a spoof, a flash dance spoof up that we shot at the Long Center here in Austin, which is hilarious and also humiliating. Um, (laughs) And we have another one that's interpretive dance. We haven't launched, We, we haven't launched yet. We'll probably launch it by the time this this air, as we'll see. We're about to shoot a, a Stranger Things spoof, and there's a local um, musician. His name is Marty Lester, and he is the producer at Everywhere Audio, and he does a lot of Richard Linklater movies. He's going to do some, um, some of the same kind of music that's used, you know, like the very, like, Tangerine Dream esque kind of music for that too. Yeah, yeah. So it's really important for me to bring those sort of like musical ties because even even if we we couldn't afford to get Maniac for that spoof, right? But we got something that sounded to it because all that people need is that nostalgic memory. They just need they need the sense memory of how they felt when they were the fifteen year old, you know, dancing to that, or how they felt last week that when they watched Stranger Things and they felt that part of themselves come alive again. And for me, music lays the foundation for those feelings i'm i'm like i'm the woman that that has been carrying around like a fender p bass for like 25 years and can't play a note well i can play like three notes because um i a local musician here i took lessons from his name is jonas wilson and you say his name jonas Jonas wilson
0: he he, he plays in midnight stroll with aaron barrens from ghostland observatory I didn't know that. No, it's funny. First of all, you talking about having that base sitting there and like never using it. Like I have like a crochet hook that my aunt gave me. (laughs) But it like literally it's like it sits there and it's so pretty and shiny. I I thought you were going to guilt me. Okay. No, but then and but I but it's like I, you know, I have the same relationship where I'm like one day. I am definitely going to learn how to crochet, and it's going to be awesome.
1: I feel like you and I could do, like, a Skillshare thing. Like, we could we could make those dreams happen for I each other. I think we could
0: totally do that. We could totally start a band slash knitting circle. Um, Done? Yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> and our merch is actually stuff that we knit before and after practice. so That would be amazing.
1: I really feel like creative communities are tied, and it doesn't matter if you're if you're rocking a guitar or rocking a set of needles. Like you're expressing yourself, and I also think we all kind of have each other's backs. Clearly, as you're illustrating by <laughs> by
0: letting me be on a music podcast. <laughs> well, I really do think it is it is all kind of the same thing. Um, for me, there's a thing that happens when music is really good, and I am just assuming that it happens and knitting. And maybe I'm wrong. But for me there's a thing that happens when music is really good, when all of a sudden you like tap into the flow or you get this glimpse of like something bigger than you and you lose like a sense of yourself as like an individual being and it just time lose like you lose a sense of time yeah
1: you know there's actually a huge initiative by the craft yarn council right now that's um really focused on mental mental health and stress relief and i totally get the flow and the vibe that you're talking about but i and and i think i think to a certain extent that does occur in crafting and knitting but i think there's also sort of a meditative quality when you can sort of like knit one pearl two Knit one, pearl two. And it kind of steps you away to, to open up those channels in your brain to let other sort of creative you know, pieces come in. And I also have found that especially during these sort of like unsettling times that we're, that we're living in politically right now, a lot of people just sort of need the proverbial um, security blanket and they need to knit it themselves. And when I say that, I just mean they, they want to produce something that they can hold and put out into the world. And maybe it's a gift or maybe it's for a cause. Maybe you're knitting chemo caps or you know, blankets for um, newborns. Who knows? Or pussycat hats. Or pussycat hats. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I just recently interest, uh, interviewed Kat Coyle, um, who also was a Kickstarter campaign backer. Thank you, Kat. Um, Kat Coyle, the designer of the pussy hat for... For um, you know my own podcast, Craftish, and I just I really feel like that, regardless if you agreed with the um, the philosophy behind that campaign, to show the power. I mean that hat was on the cover of Time magazine, to show the power of making something. And conversely, there were yarn store, store owners that boycotted anybody that wanted to buy pink yarn for that purpose. The, my point is, is there's power in those tools and there's something there that we can utilize it for
0: better or worse. Right on. Are you going to have musicians on your show how, showing them how to like um, me showing me how to knit? Well, <laughs> we'll <kidding>. have <laughs> we'll have
1: in-studio knitters. um that kind of sit in part of audience members. And then, you know, like my friend Kelly Deal from The Breeders, she was a guest on Nitty Gritty, and I would love to get her back out here. She's a f- big knitter. Like she'll perform on stage in Germany and people throw yarn balls up there. She's really written a, she's written a knitting book. Like she's legit. Wow. So, um, so yeah, I would love that. I would love that.
0: I would love to hear her philosophies on music and knitting. I'm sure she's got some ideas. Yeah, let's ask That's her. All connected. Let's all let's ask her. <laughs> So from DIY kid to DIY adult, making your own show. I mean, that's cool, man. Thanks. We just yeah. we gotta
1: we gotta DIY our our dreams, you know.
0: Yeah, and it's nice that we can,
1: you know, like we can. Yeah, we are the architects of our own glass ceilings. Yes. Oh, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you need to knit that onto a t-shirt, <laughs> a knitted t-shirt. <laughs> right? She's awesome. Go subscribe to The Knit Show with Vicki Howell. Yay. And then go to our archive on like Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find other amazing, empowering women that we've talked to. People like Lizzo and Tegan and Sarah. We've got over 100 episodes. And so you are bound to find something that inspires you. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by me, Elizabeth McQueen, and I recorded this interview. Taylor Wallace curates our Instagram account. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. Thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast, and it is true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Although, honestly, I don't do much on Snapchat, but someday I will. Our handle is at this song KTX. You can like us on Facebook, and you can subscribe to this song along with the other KTX podcasts, Austin Music Minute, Liner Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.